you're able this morning, would you stand with me one more time as we honor the reading of the, the wonderful word of the Lord. Amen. We're looking at the book of Romans this morning, Romans chapter number 10. And am I ever excited today? Because I get to preach today on one of my very favorite subjects of all. Let's look at Romans chapter number 10 this morning. And we're going to begin reading with verse number 13. The apostle Paul writes, and Paul writes, and he says, For whoever, say whoever, for whoever calls on the name of the Lord shall be saved. Then he goes on to say, but how shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him in whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? And how shall they preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the gospel of peace who bring glad tidings of good things. Oh, I like that last part. Glad tidings of good things. Oh, we have an opportunity today to present some glad tidings of some good things. Amen. Father, we just thank you today for the wonderful privilege that I have today, but also the awesome responsibility that I have today to Lord, to proclaim the word of God, to share, oh God, with your people what you have placed in my heart. Oh God, I just pray you'll enable me, you'll empower me by your Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I pray that you'll do your work today. Holy Spirit, I I pray you'll give us ears to hear your word. But oh Lord, may we not just have ears to hear, but oh, oh, touch our heart. May what we hear get down in our heart, and then what is in our heart, may it be transformed into our hands, and we may do tangibly what you would have us to do. All of these things we ask in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. All of God's people said, praise the Lord. Lord. You may be reseated this morning. Well, we are currently in a series called Impact. Say impact. impact. Now, impact is the word that God gave us for this year. Every year we try to believe God, we try to listen and hear God as to a word that he would give us to give us direction for the coming year. And the word that we have that we believe is from the Lord, that we do believe is the direction for us for this year, is this word impact. See, our heart at the Grace Place is to impact people's lives. See, we're not just about having church. We're not just about holding church services. But our heart at the Grace Place is to impact people's lives, both locally and globally. By the way, I think we did a pretty good job of it last night at Grace Day. Well, when I was away on my extended vacation, I felt impressed of the Holy Spirit that that when I was to get back and when I was begin to preach again, that I was to to reemphasize our word for the year as it is the direction God wants us to go. So this series is to remind us of our objective, and it is to keep us on track. Now, in this series, we are making an acrostic out of this word impact. And through this acrostic, we are going to discover what it will take and what we will do to ensure that the grace place indeed makes an impact. 
Now, this past Sunday, we started with the letter I. And for the letter I, I chose this letter. For this letter, the word intentionality. Say intentionality. Now, if you were not here last Sunday, I challenge you to go online and listen to that sermon. Because, you see, it is absolutely impossible to make an impact both personally and corporately without intentionality. Now, this word in its simplest definition means on purpose. On purpose. All right, right, let's move on to the letter M in, in, in our word. How are we going to make an impact at the grace place? Well, one of the ways is through missions. Say missions. I'll say it a little more enthusiastically. Say missions. I love missions. You didn't know it, did you? I love missions. You you might say, you you might ask, Pastor, why why do you love missions so much? Well, first of all, thanks for asking the question, because that helps my sermon a whole lot, make it a whole lot easier, because today I'm going to give you four reasons why I love missions. Today we're going to make yet another acrostic. Today we're going to make an acrostic out of the word love, L-O-V-E. And through an acrostic of this word love, I'm going to tell you why I love missions and why you should love missions too. All right, let's get started this morning. For the letter L in the word love, I love missions, number one, because of the lost. Because of the lost. Now, I I don't want to be condemning this morning, and I'm so passionate about uh, about missions that it, it could come across that way, and it may slip out a little bit. That's not my intention this morning, to challenge you, to motivate you, yes, but not to bring condemnation this morning. But I want to say this this morning, and I, I don't like saying it, but the truth of the matter is most Christians just don't get it. Most Christians just don't get it. They're so consumed with their own lives, so, in, so consumed with their own troubles and with their own struggles on their own lives that they don't, even, they don't even give a passing thought to a world that is lost. A world that is filled with people that have, that have never heard the name Jesus. And the matter of the fact is that over half of our world is in this state. Over half of the world have never heard the name Jesus. It's a world filled with people without hope because without Jesus, you literally have no hope. A world full of people that have been deceived. Oh, a world full of people that are absolutely on their way to hell and they're not even aware of the fact. Jesus said in John 14 and 6, Jesus said, I am the way. He said, I am the truth. He said, I am the life. Jesus said, no man gets to the Father unless they come through me. So according to Scripture, not according to Pastor Benson, not according to the Assemblies of God, but according to Scripture, without Jesus, people are lost. Without Jesus, people cannot get to heaven. Without Jesus, people are going to go to hell. 
Why do I love missions so much? Do you even have to ask? I love missions because of the lost. I love missions because, because through missions I can, throw a, I can throw a lifeline to somebody that's drowning. I love missions because, because through missions I can offer a parachute to somebody that's falling. I can offer hope to the hopeless. Why do I love missions? Why would you even have to ask? I want to make three statements here as it relates to the lost. First of all, I want to say this, and that is they have a right to hear. The lost, they have a right to hear. See, see what Jesus did for us, he also did for them. Salvation has been made available to all. So all must hear. The lost have a right to hear the truth. The lost have the right to hear all of the truth. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 11, Paul writes and he says, Because we understand the terror of the Lord, we, per- we do our best to persuade men. Oh, we hear all about the love of God today. But Paul said, because we understand the terror of the Lord, because of that, he said, we do everything in our power to try to persuade men. Mark 16 and 16 says, those who believe will be saved. Wonderful, but it goes on to say, those that do not believe will be damned. The lost have a right to hear the truth. They have a right to know what the benefits are in Christ. But they also have a right to know what the consequences are without Jesus. They have a right to hear and we have a responsibility to tell them. Mark 16 and 15, Jesus said, go into all the world and preach the gospel. Write this down this morning, missions Missions is not an option. It's a command. We have a responsibility to tell a lost world about Jesus. Let me, let me ask you this this morning. Let me ask you this. If you knew that a bridge had collapsed and anyone who didn't know that the bridge had collapsed and they were to drive on that road would certainly meet with disaster, wouldn't you warn them? Wouldn't you tell everyone that you could about the collapsed bridge and the impending danger that lay just ahead for them if they keep going on that same road? Wouldn't you make some signs to hold that bridge out, bridge out, bridge out? Wouldn't you get some flags and start waving the cars down and waving the cars and stopping the cars because you know that if they keep going on the same road, they know that they're going to get to that collapsed bridge. They're going to go into it and perhaps lose their life. Wouldn't you do something? Wouldn't you get on your phone and call people? Oh, I know Bill. He goes to work every day. He drives down that road. Oh, I got to get a hold of Bill. I got to tell Bill. Because if Bill goes down that road, he don't know there's a collapsed bridge. He doesn't know the bridge is out. He, 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 may, be, he, he may be killed. I've got to get a hold of Bill. Oh, Susie goes down that way as well. Wouldn't you get on the phone and start calling people and warning them about the collapsed bridge? Wouldn't you make a Facebook post? Well, that's a novelty, a positive Facebook post. 
Hey, hey, you have information about impending danger and even death that others do not have. Wouldn't you do everything in your power to get the word out? Wouldn't you feel the responsibility to tell someone, to tell everybody that you knew? Wouldn't you have a responsibility? Without Jesus, people go to hell. Are we telling anyone? Are we supporting anyone who is? At the Grace Place, we help support 128 missionaries. Why? Why? Because the lost have a right to hear. And we have a responsibility to tell them. The third statement I want to make about the lost is this, and that is we will be rewarded according to our works. Rewarded according to our works. Matthew 10, verse 42, Jesus said, if you, give an, if you give even as little as a cup of cold water to someone who is thirsty, Jesus said, you will certainly be rewarded. Oh, pastor, I don't, I don't care about rewards. <laughs> liar, liar, pants on fire. If you don't care about rewards, then why? Why do you complain when your boss doesn't give you a raise? If you don't care about rewards, why do you grumble when your bonus isn't as large as somebody else's? Of course you care about rewards. And let me tell you, you should care about your eternal rewards as well. Now, this is not our main motivation for working for God, but we should be concerned about it. Fact of the matter is, I challenge you. I challenge you to do a study on rewards. Oh, I'm not interested in the rewards. Oh, I'm not doing it for the rewards. Oh, rewards are not that important. I challenge you. I challenge you to do a study on rewards in the Bible. The Bible is full of information about rewards. Truth of the matter is, many a rich saint on earth who live far ahead of the average saint on earth is going to find themselves in a whole different class in heaven. See, in heaven, one size does not fit all. The rewards in heaven will not be equal. You're not going to get the rewards I'm going to get. I'm not going to get the rewards that you're going to get. The rewards in heaven will not be equal. Everyone is not going to get a participation trophy. Now hear me clearly. Hear me clearly, hear me clearly this morning. We are, we are saved by grace and by grace alone. But we will be rewarded according to our works. Let me ask you this morning, will you have any rewards in heaven or will you just get there by the hair of your chinny chin chin? I love missions. Why? Why do I love missions? Well, for the L in our acrostic of love, I love missions because of the loss. Oh, here's another one. Man, I'm excited about this for the letter O. Why do I love missions? Because of the opportunity. The opportunity. Romans 10 and 13, everyone who believes on the Lord Jesus Christ will be saved. Wow, isn't that awesome? Nobody has to go to hell. Everybody has the opportunity to go to heaven if. The biggest little word in the English language, if. 
Everyone has the opportunity to go to heaven if, if what? If they believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. That's the good news. But read verses 14 and 15 again. But, say but. But. How are they going to call on him to save them if they don't believe in him? And how are they going to believe in him if they have never even heard about him? And how can they hear about him unless somebody tells them about him? And how can someone go and tell them about him unless someone sends them? Why do I love missions? Because of the awesome opportunity. I don't know about you, but I like a good opportunity. I've always got my eyes and my ears open for a good opportunity. I've had a couple of good opportunities in my life, and they've been a real incredible blessing to my life. Fact of the matter is, I'm here today because of the opportunity. Yes, things were in really, really bad shape here 15 years ago, but we didn't look at the obstacles. We looked at the opportunity, and I, I saw an opportunity. I didn't see it as it was. I saw it as it could be. I saw it as it is today. I like a good opportunity. Why, why do I love missions? Because of the opportunity. First of all, the opportunity, first of all, to make a drastic difference in people's lives. I don't know what you do in your work. I don't know. Maybe you do something that's really, really worthwhile and really, really fulfilling, or maybe you just dot I's and cross T's. I don't know what you do, but I'm offering you an opportunity, man, an opportunity to make a difference in people's lives. I love missions because because it gives me an opportunity to make a drastic difference in people's lives. Romans 10 and 15, how beautiful are the feet of those that preach the gospel of peace, who bring glad tidings of good things. Man, there's so much negative in this world. There's so much bad in this world. Wow, but we have an opportunity through missions, oh, to bring glad tidings of good things. Let me just tell you this, you should see the look. Oh, if only you could see the look on pastors' faces overseas when they are handed a fire Bible in their native language. They are pastors and yet they do not own a Bible. You ought to see their faces when we, when we hand a pastor in, a, in, in, another, in another country who's never had a Bible. Not only do we hand them a Bible in their own language, but it is a fire Bible. It is filled every single page on every single page of that Bible. There is a commentary. There is notes. There is explanation. There is teaching. There is training. Oh, you ought to see them light up. You ought to see the face of those pastors. Is when you hand them for the very first time in their life and their ministry a Bible in their own language. Oh, you should see the look on, on children's faces ah, when they are handed a plate full of hot food, when their bellies are swollen from malnutrition. Oh, they've had nothing to eat, and here is somebody that is handing them a plate of hot food. Oh, you should see the look on people's faces. Oh, oh, when a water well is drilled in their neighborhood and they no longer have to drink dirty, defiled, diseased water and for the first time in their life they get to drink water that's not contaminated, water that won't make them sick. You ought to to see the look on their face. 
and on and on and on and on I could go. Why? Why do I love missions? Because of the opportunity. Oh, the opportunity to make a difference, a drastic difference in people's lives. And an opportunity to literally change people's eternal destiny. Acts 16 and 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved. Oh, we have the opportunity to partner with 128 missionaries, boots on the ground. Oh, we have the opportunity to partner with other caring ministries around the world. Oh, we have the opportunity to change people's eternal destiny through our investment in missions. People, amen, that are literally going to be in heaven, that literally would have been in hell. But because of our investment in missions, we are able, amen, to change their eternal destiny. I don't want to be condemning, but let me ask you this morning, how big a house do we really need? How big a house do we really need? Oh, let me ask you this morning, do we really need all of those bells and whistles on that fancy car? How many luxuries do we really need in life anyway? Everywhere you go in the Metroplex, they're building something. Buildings coming up out of the ground everywhere. My favorite joke is when we pass by and one of my family members will say, I wonder what they're building there. And I will always say, well, I hope it's a restaurant because we don't have anywhere to eat. How many ways can you make a taco anyway? And that's most people's biggest challenge, trying to seek out the latest and greatest taco hut. Why, why do I love missions so much? Why do, I, why do I believe missions? Why do I talk about it every single Sunday in the offering? Why do I preach on it consistently? Oh, because we have the opportunity to change people's eternal destiny. People don't have to go to hell. Because we've got the message. That's the good news. But we've got to get the messenger there to give the message. Am I preaching against having things? Absolutely not. I have, I have more than my share of things. Here's what I am preaching. I'm preaching that I love missions because of the opportunity, the opportunity to make a difference in people's lives, to bring hope and relief, oh, to enable to, to, to meet some human need and to change people's eternal destiny. Now that, now that, my friend, will get you out of bed in the morning. That, my friend, will put a spring in your step and a smile on your face. That, oh, that, my friend, will give you a purpose. It'll give you a fulfillment. It'll give you true satisfaction. I love missions. Why? Because of the lost. Why? Because of the opportunity. Why? For the V and the acrostic of the word love, I love missions. Because of the value. Because of the value. Jesus said in Mark 8 and 36, he said, 
He said, what do you benefit if you gain the whole world but you lose your soul? He asked the question, is anything worth more than your soul? Jesus said that one eternal soul, say one soul. Jesus said that one eternal soul is more valuable than all of the wealth of the world combined. Why do I love missions? Because of the value. If we reach just one soul, that one soul, according to Jesus, is more valuable than the combined value of this entire world. And yet, and yet, most Christians have never even won even one soul to Jesus. Most Christians give very little or nothing to missions. And what is astounding and atrocious to me is that almost half of the churches in America don't give a single dime to missions. Churches. Entire churches. What? Take your sign down and go home. Let me say two things about value. First of all, what we value determines our priorities. What we value determines our priorities. See, if we value our marriage and our family, we're going to invest our time, our energy, and our finances in them. If we don't, we won't. What we value determines our priorities. That goes for our church, that goes for our friends, that goes for every aspect of life. Second thing I want to say here, and that is what we value determines our pursuit. See, we go after what we value. We pursue what we perceive as valuable to us. Jesus said the value of a single soul is greater than the total value of this entire world. Why do I love missions? Why do my wife and I, why do we invest 15% of our income in missions After we have already given a 10% tithe, why do we do that? We do that because of the value. I love value. I love to get a bargain. I love to make a good investment. Pastor, are you into value? Well, let me just tell you this. We did not pay full price for my mama's funeral. I'll just tell you that. I'm into value. I'm interested in Value and the value of lost souls that will be in heaven and not in hell. Oh, I value that and I put my investment there. I love missions. Why? Because of the lost, because of the opportunity, because of the value. And finally, and for the letter E in our acrostic of the word love, I love, I love missions because of the example. John 3.16 says, God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son that whoever would believe upon him would not perish but would have everlasting life. Missions did not originate in Springfield at the Assemblies of God National Headquarters. Not a slam to the Assemblies of God. We are an Assemblies of God church. I'm an Assemblies of God Pastor, and the Assemblies of God, it is a fact. It is the number one missions organization of all denominations in the world, the Assemblies of God. But missions did not originate in Springfield at the Assemblies of God National Headquarters. Missions originated in heaven. 
God the Father sent the very first missionary who just happened to be his very own son, Jesus Christ. Why do I love missions? Because of the example. Let me say two things here very quickly, and that is, number one, love was the motivation. Love was the motivation. John 3.16 again says that God so loved the world. What was the motivation for the, for the very first missions trip? The motivation was love. God so loved the world. God's love for people. God's love for you and God's love for me. Love was the motivation and also love was manifested through the gift. Manifested through the gift. See, true love will manifest itself. See, see, don't tell me you love me and then talk bad about me. Don't tell me you love me and then listen to other people and allow other people to do so around you. See, see, true love will manifest itself. A lack of true love will also. God's love was manifested through the gift. His gift was Jesus. And let me tell you about that gift. First of all, this gift was a personal gift. A personal gift. Romans 5 and 8 says that God showed his great love. His great love. God showed his great love Oh, for us by sending his very own son to die for us. It was a personal gift, but not only was it a personal gift, it was also a perfect gift. Hebrews 4 and 15, Jesus, the Bible said, faced every temptation of man, and yet he never sinned even one time. It was a personal gift. It was a perfect gift. And finally, it was a priceless gift. A priceless gift, John 15 and 13. There is no greater love than this, no greater love than what? Oh, that a man would lay down his life for his friends. Jesus paid the ultimate price for our salvation. His love for us is immeasurable and it is unmatched. I love my family. I love being a daddy. I loved it when my kids were growing up. I loved to be involved in their lives. I loved to chase them around, chase around with them and cheer them on of what they were doing. I, I loved it when I would come in after work and they would run to me and I would, they would jump in my arms and I would throw them over my shoulder. I loved my time when my kids were little. I loved being ornery with them too. I loved having fun with them. I would teach my kids when they were little. Just little bitty, I would teach them things. They didn't even know what they were doing, but I would teach it. And then I would get them an audience and I would make them perform. I would teach my little kids. I would teach them when they were just little bitty. Oh, oh, I would teach them. And if somebody would be watching, I'd teach them. I'd say, I'd say, I'd say Chad, or I'd say, Krista, whichever one it was, I'd say, I'd say uh, how, how much do you love Grandma? And they'd go, I'd say, how much do you love Grandpa? And they'd go, I'd say, I'd say how much do you love Daddy? And they'd go, I say, how much do you love mama? And they'd go. (laughs) 
The world asked Jesus. They said, Jesus, how much do you love us? And Jesus stretched his arm down on the cross. And Jesus said, I love you this much. Our kids grew up and had kids. And one day I came home from work and our first little granddaughter was with us. And I walked in the house and my wife in the living room with Briley said, Papa, Papa, come in here a minute. And I came in there where Dawn and Briley were. And my wife said, Briley? How much do you love Grandma? Riley, how much do you love Papa? <laughs> Paybacks are tough. Our takeaway today is this we can make an impact through missions, some will go. And some will sin. Father, I just pray today that you'll take this word that has been shared today. Oh, Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, do what I'm unable to do. Help us, oh God. Help us, God.